0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Hi, my name is Jacob. I am a gratefully recovering sexaholic from uh, originally New Jersey, now studying abroad uh, in Israel. My sobriety date is July 9th, 2017. And uh, I always like to start off, I got this from my sponsors, start off with a set-aside prayer, uh, just to bring God into the room. So here it goes. Set aside prayer. Dear God, please set aside anything I think I know about myself, about my disease, about the big book, the 12 steps, the program, the fellowship, the people in the fellowship, in all spiritual terms, especially you guys, so that I have an open mind and new experience with all these things. Please help me see the truth. Amen. Okay, so uh, I guess we will start off, uh, go through this rather quickly because I'm more about the solution, but uh, I remember... Uh, growing up, I always felt kind of disconnected and, uh, always feeling the, the, the one that wasn't exactly the one that fit in the class. Not that I was bullied or anything like that, maybe minor, but I always just never felt my place. I never felt like, yeah, that's me or that's who I am. I never like kind of discovered my, my personality, I guess. Um, and my first exposure to, uh, I guess, sexuality, I remember... It was either, you know, could be as early as seven, maybe eight or nine. I remember seeing like a magazine, uh, not pornographic, like a catalog of something. And I saw like a bathtub with like a woman inside of it. And I remember that first feeling of like, wow, I like this. This is something that I want to find more of. Um, I think that's, I think the obsession started at that point. Like uh, I was an addict from that first look. I remember that feeling. Um, And I remember after that trying to get magazines. Um, Again, I didn't know anything pornographic, but I would get magazines and look at the bra section and look at this and that and uh, try to get a high from anything I could. Um, At the age of about 10, my brother had a nice long conversation about what sex was uh, and educated me on it. Um, That was very, very helpful for me. Um, And at age 11, he started... Uh, every couple weeks or so, he'd come back from his school and he'd test test out his uh, newfound sexuality on me. Um, I don't know, I don't really consider it abuse and I don't really associate it with trauma. I have a very good relationship with him to this day, but, uh, that wasn't a great start for my, uh, sexuality. Um, I discovered masturbation probably at around late 11, early twelve. Um, and already like at that point, like, you know, I remember like the first three times I'm like, I know this is wrong. Like I had heard about something and, you know, I knew it was transgression from the Bible and I didn't want to do it, but, uh, there was no, there was no stopping. I remember my, I was like, okay, now I'm getting, am growing up, you know, I got to stop this. Uh, I think I acted out after, uh, the, 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 the day after I was called up to the, to, to the, Torah to, to get my, uh, ceremony. Um, so that didn't last long. Um, uh, my first pornographic images were in the library. Uh, I was, uh, at that point I already could figure out like, you know, there's probably something on the internet. I didn't really know again what pornography was. I was kind of surprised when, um, uh, my search result came up with uh, pornographic images. Um, and uh i was just obsessed with it um i went back to the library a few times until i think my mother or something caught on that i was like going to the library pretty often so it's like she's like i don't know why are you going to the library so often and i don't remember what i said and i guess I kind of stopped after that because i didn't want her to to discover that uh, i always had a guilty conscience it was always that guilty conscience of you know i'm jewish and i shouldn't be doing this this is transgression uh, all the rabbis talk about it, and I can't do this, but um, I couldn't stop. I remember just trying to get anything. I remember going into a head an encyclopedia, and on Sabbath, when I couldn't you know, use phones or anything like that, I'd go through an encyclopedia and try to find something uh, triggering. Um, around uh, 14, um, I got my brother's smartphone, and I started looking up pornographic images. Um, at that point, I was compulsively masturbating. Uh, I was masturbating myself to sleep every night, every single night because I couldn't fall asleep. Um, At age 15, I discovered pornographic movies and videos, and that only made my my isolation and uh, and everything like that even worse. I like sunk deeper into this into this pit. Um, And I remember that first time, like I knew, like, this is like so right. And and so wrong at the same time, like such a mixed feeling of like, you know, this is awesome, yet uh, I know how destructive this is going to be because I saw like, you know, I was like, I'm never going to do this again. And then, you know, the next I was was away on vacation at my grandparents' house, so they had unfiltered Internet and everything like that. And uh, so I, you know, I I, I, the next night I, I was back at it again. I mean, I knew at that point, you know, there there was no way I was going to stop. Like, you know, at at that point, the obsession was full on. This is age 15. Um, At age 16, I was, you know, I was already feeling quite a bit of shame about it. I went onto a website that uh, helps people, especially younger guys, struggling with pornography and masturbation. Um, I got a little help, um, and I guess it improved a little bit. Uh, I kind of remember. You know, staying sober, I was in a dorm school uh, since ninth grade. And I remember staying sober, you know, the whole week and the Sabbath, I'd come home and I'd act out and I'd go back and I'd do it again. Um, But I guess it did help somewhat. There were a lot of, uh, I think that's probably where I discovered essay for the first time, but I don't know if I actually got in contact with anyone or knew anything about it. Uh, but I got a little exposure. I heard about the big book. I wasn't really sure about it. What what it was or 12-step. But I knew there was some kind of recovery. But I thought that was for complete wackos. Uh, I saw stories online of these guys going to jail and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 completely out of my league. Um, at 12th grade, I started messing around with filters. Uh, I got a good filter uh, that was uh, that was monitored by my rabbi. So I was too embarrassed to look anything up and then I found a way around it a few months later. Um until the point of my <clears throat> until the point of my recovery, I probably went through every single filter on the internet and found some way to get around it. Uh which you know my sponsor taught me at, at the uh point of the, the solution that, you know, we gotta grab onto um uh, things that are uh things that are solid, not what he calls uh these types of things logs when we're drowning in the ocean, we don't grab onto a metal, uh, a wooden, a wooden board, you know, cause that's going to get waterlogged. We want to grab onto God, which, which is really the the metal pipe or the, uh, the thing that's cemented in the ground. That's not going to come out. Um, girls started uh, probably around 11th grade. I started using social media <clears throat> to, uh, you know, text girls and, Uh, I, I remember, uh, especially towards the end of my, uh, acting out career, I was getting heavily into it. I was, you know, every single like I got on my photo and every comment I got, like I got such a high, um, and, uh, I used it to act out. I used it, uh, for the pornographic side of it and, uh, but also the codependency kind of the, the you know, always needing someone there that kind of loved me. Um and I remember um you know the the first time I kind of went uh clean for quote unquote a longer period of time in eleventh grade. I got three weeks after I had my first conversation, like full conversation with a girl on the phone, um, on like Snapchat or something like that. I felt like so complete and it wasn't it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't a healthy kind of sobriety. It was a I just don't need anything else because I have this until I acted out three weeks later for, I think I was, I was like testing if, you know, my, my, my sexuality was still working or something like that. Um, and, uh, and like from then on, it got even, you know, even worse. Every time I came home, you know, we weren't allowed smartphones. Um, but I, every time I got my phone back, you know, it was, Compulsive masturbation, compulsive pornography. I remember I had a two-week Christmas break, and the whole time, like, you know, people were inviting me out, come, come to Brooklyn, come here, come there, and I was like, I was too busy with my pornography, um, mm-hmm. and again, deeper and deeper into this hole. Um, but I remember, I remember that feeling after I had spoken to this uh, girl, and I had this three-week clean. I thought, hey, if I get this committed relationship, then you know that will save me. And I spent a year, year and a half looking for that, bouncing around. Um, I was way too self-conscious to uh, actually have a real relationship with someone, bounced around around looking for anything I could find. And that's really where my codependency started. Um, I met a girl at the end of 12th grade. Um, We were going to date. We had this whole thing. We went to Israel together. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, one day she... You know, I could tell from our messages that something wasn't connecting. And um, after a while, I'm just like, you know, she's not meeting up with me and this and that. So I just uh, just forgot about it. And that created a gaping hole in me. Um, I tried to fill it with any way I could. I went out drinking every single night last year um, or, you know, many times a week just trying to find any girl that would, that would just talk with me and, and drink with me. Um, I wasn't very successful at, at, you know, getting girls, but, um, and that was about my disease. You know, I I was a big talker, Um, guys, guys my age have a big struggle with pornography. I was always talking to them out, you know, all you got to do, you got to learn more Torah, you got to, you know, study ethics more, you got to do this and that. And I felt so guilty every time, uh, you know, because I knew that I wasn't doing that. Um, I got into a relationship with another girl, um, like a girlfriend kind of uh, way, just more as a friend, but that was very codependent, uh, relationship. Um, I was taking, 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 and, um, that was one that lasted all the way through my into recovery where I had to let her go and I had to block her number. And I'm sure I caused a lot of, a lot of harms that, uh, I wrote up an amends already and, we're just trying to figure out exactly oh, how to, pre- how to uh, present it. Um, and the progression of the disease, like at that point, I was already crumbled. I remember it was basically a year ago, uh, the holiday of Perm, uh, which is a Jewish holiday where everybody just drinks and gets drunk and uh, takes advantage of, uh, of the day. And I went also, and I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to go out to town. Uh, I'm just going to try to keep it holy and spiritual, and uh, the first day and a half, I was okay, and then I was in town, and I was drunk, and I was trying to meet up with a girl, and I remember just standing there, and all of a sudden, like, I just stop, and I'm just like, whoa, what, where am I? What am I doing? I'm on a holiday, a spiritual holiday, and I'm just drunk, dancing around, trying to find girls, and I'm so empty. I'm so lost um, about uh well, actually I want to rewind a couple months, about two months before that my grandfather had passed away. At that point I was like, it was right before new year's. I was planning to go to all these parties and this and that um, because I thought that would make me whole. Um, and I discovered in my fourth step, like all those things were to cover up that I couldn't get, uh, couldn't get relationships. And this was going to be the cover up the partying and the jumping around and the the fun was all to try to get me to that connection. And I thought I would discover myself somehow through that. But my uh, grandfather passed away and that was like a wake up call for me. Um, and I kind of started trying to find recovery and uh, a miracle upon a miracle. Someone, I was sitting at a, at a Friday night, uh, Sabbath meal with someone and I'm like, you know, just all of a sudden, I just turned to him like, tell me something I don't know about myself. And he brings me this room and hands me the white book. Um, I don't know how it happened or what happened. And I answered the questions and almost every single one, yes. And uh, he's like, you know, try out for two two weeks, see what happens. I got sober for two weeks and then I acted out and I'm like, okay. Uh, I came home and I uh, started phone meetings and things like that. Um, I was really, really trying to figure things out, but um, I relapsed uh I relapsed, uh, about a month, a month and a half in, uh, I don't even know if it was that long. Um, and I came back to Israel and, uh, I, I started, I started really going to meetings. Uh, I found my sponsor through this call and I started going to a lot of SA meetings. Um, I spoke with a lot of people and, uh, and the miracle started after I worked the first three steps. Uh, you know, my sponsor says, you know, he sees a visible change after the first three steps as if like a cloud is removed from my eyes. Um, and, um, you know, I worked through those steps and uh, I was doing okay. Um, but I was still very, very young in program. Um, and I still held on to a lot of ego. I hadn't worked my fourth step. I was kind of slacking in that and the end of the year in Israel, you know, right before everybody goes back to the States for the summer, it just becomes a party scene, and uh, that got the better of me, or myself got the better of me, and I was back out there um, for about a month. Um, I came back home again distraught. Every time, for some reason, every time I came home, I was after after being away in school, I was always just messed up, which uh, you know caused my family a lot because little did I know at the time, which I thought I had a good relationship with them. Uh, everything was, was terrible. Um, and, uh, but, you know, thank God with the grace of God, somehow I, I, I got up again and, uh, five days into my, uh, current sobriety, I was able to attend the Newark convention, which was in the summer, which was not too far from my house. And, uh, you know, I just heard what was going on. I saw the birthday celebration. Uh, I met people from this call and other places that I knew. I remember just standing up there at the birthday celebration and say, I'm just, I just have no words. Like I was just completely moved. I think that might've marked a a change in my recovery. I felt God in my life. I felt like I had a home. Um, and, uh, And then slowly but surely, uh, over the summer, I worked my program. Uh, I did my fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, um, and that really helped remove the obsessions. Um, and uh, thank God, somehow I, I got through. I got through a lot of a lot of struggles. Um, a, a good comparison I like I like making is uh, my grandmother passed away over the summer, uh, in, when I was in recovery already. Um, I compared it to when my grandfather passed away around six months before then. Uh, when my grandfather passed away, I was full of self-pity and remorse and a little bit of anger and frustration, and just confused and just crying, crying, crying. And my grandmother, I cried, but I cried for her. I didn't cry for myself. Um, but my grandfather, I cried because I knew how disgusting and terrible my life was and how I wasn't gaining anything. I wasn't going anywhere. And it was just a realization that you know, my grandfather passed away. That helped me realize that, which was also from God, because it did help me uh, towards recovery. Um, but my grandmother, it was service. You know, I was there for my mom. I was there uh, when they sat the uh, the shiva, which they sit after uh, the mourners sit for seven days in the Jewish tradition uh, after uh, someone passes away, a close close relative. And I was there for my mom, and I was there for my uncle, and I was able, able to be of service. Um, so, service was a huge part of my recovery. service was uh my sponsor had me doing from day one uh There's someone that uh you know he told me early on in recovery uh I assume he still does this. he has a trash bag in his in his truck, and every time he's feeling a little bit down, he goes out to the park and starts picking up trash um and I started doing that whenever I didn't have something to do. I just walked outside and started picking up cigarette butts and different things, uh, I try to clean up after myself, even if, you know, the whole tablecloth's getting wrapped, I pick up my bowl just as, uh, to remind myself that I need to be of service. I need to be, you know, always cleaning up or talking to people. I love talking to people and trying to help them out. Service is a huge part of my recovery. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about humility, um, something I've really learned kind of recently, much deeper. Um, I got to go to the San Antonio convention, uh, about a month ago or so, maybe a little longer. And, uh, I learned, I learned, uh, coming back to Israel, I kind of felt disconnected because I hadn't been there for about three weeks and, uh, all my resentments started coming back. And I re- I hit like a bottom almost. I was like, you know, I wasn't lusting, but I knew if something happened, I was gone. Um, and uh I read the six and seven and the twelve and twelve and it talks a lot about humility. Um, you know, I thought that step six and seven were just a magic brush, that all my problems went away. Um and it did for some reason it did go you know, I got like a kind of like a spiritual high and I was I was okay for a few months but uh all of a sudden they all came back and I, I had to learn that um you know, things in recovery happen in God's time. They don't happen in in, Yaw, in in Jacob's time. You know, they happen happen in when God uh would have them be and he he puts us in situations. Uh um, you know, I find I find myself getting upset when there are a lot of triggers around me and I'm, I blame God and I say, God, why are there so many triggers and why you know, kinda of like the poor me, pour me, pour me another drink. Because that's the reality of what lust is. You know, well, you know, I know my addict. Uh, you know, tries to get out uh, in any way he can. My sponsor always talks about the addict doing push-ups in my head, just waiting for his chance to get out. And uh, there have been many times where uh, I thought I was close to acting out, or I've entertained things in my head for longer than I should have. And I've learned that those things are reminders from God when I start when my day starts falling apart those are reminders from God that you still need this program. And my addict is there. And I know if I let him out, he'll be on the streets so quickly. Um, and, uh, I'll be back to where I started, um, and acceptance and reality, um, acceptance of me being a sexaholic and of me having, having issues and needing to work through them and being okay with, with, with not being okay was also a huge, huge part. Just being okay, not having the greatest day, um, my feelings don't control my sobriety I can't you know if I if I let my feelings uh, control my sobriety, I wouldn't be sober very long. I need to learn that you know even if I wake up not in a good place that yes I'm going to make more phone calls and yes I'm going to do more service, but that's from God as well, and um, I've learned to look at those days as opportunities uh, i those are opportunities because the same way when we go to the gym and we lift heavier weights, our muscles get bigger. So, when in recovery, when we have challenging days, and we work through them and we do what we have to do, we make our phone calls and we do our service work and we, and uh, we talk to sponsors and sponsees and we do what we have to do. We get stronger and God gives and we we get more relieved of the obsession. We get more serenity and more peace. Um, after I surrendered, all that a few weeks ago. I got this complete and total serenity, just pure kind of living on a high, and not that I haven't had a uh, rough days since then, but I'm okay with uh you know resentments, I'm okay with certain things with people not being exactly how I would have them um because it's not about me it's about uh it's about how I can give to others, not what I can get from others. uh God provides me with all my needs now uh I don't need to try to, try to run and, and take from my parents and, uh, my parents, uh, I've, I've managed, managed this time when I went home uh, for the convention, I stopped at my house. I did all my amends and people opened up. I have a grandfather that I haven't ever talked to until, until, uh, recently. And, and he opened up about how he had an alcoholic problem, uh, around the eighties, uh, he never did step work and, uh, I don't know anybody in my family that has done step work, but I know there's, there's some kind of addiction there. Um, but I don't blame them. I don't blame them for my problems. I I need to work with what God gave me. Um, and what God gave me was enough and it was exactly what I needed. Even, even at times where I think, you know, my dad should have been home more as a kid and I wish he was this way or that way. Um, I need to accept the reality and, uh, just the last point, um, you know, people always uh, come around and say, wow, I wish you were th- I was this young when I came into recovery. And, I, you know, I know I know how great God, you know, how much of an opportunity God has given me to helping other young essays into the light. We had our first young essay meeting in the in San Antonio Convention. We made a great uh, fellowship and I uh, stayed at a guy's house there and we had a lot of fun. Um, And I know the opportunity that God gave me. I don't want to screw this up um, because I have an opportunity that I can go into dating and into marriage clean and pure. I don't need to, you know, go through having to go through all the details that I did during my marriage. Um, I'm just looking forward to being able to, uh, you know, have a great relationship and help others and get sponsors and do my work, do what God would have me do. Um, and, uh, as well, I'm starting to get involved with, uh, non, non-essay, uh, f- uh, fellowships that are, that are just trying to help people that are struggling in general. Um, and that's given me a more of an opportunity to help, uh, really the world, which is, um, you know, really, really struggling, especially with pornography and masturbation, people that are shameful about it, um, and, uh, bringing it out into the light and, um, going out publicly and helping people. Um, You know, we can save so many people this way because the internet is only getting crazier and crazier and this world is only getting crazier and crazier. And all we have to do is uh, pray to God. And, you know, thank God I've been able to uh, get into certain uh, foundations and start helping out and start posting on their, on their uh, forums. And, um, you know, I hope I you know, with God's grace, I could, spread my story and, uh, uh, keep staying sober one day at a time and help people so they don't have to go through years and years of suffering and just, and, and get free of the disease and, and Mm -hmm. live in the serenity that God has, has gifted me. Um, so thank you so much for letting me speak. I really appreciate it. And, uh, thanks guys.